Hi everyone, I'd like to welcome you to Bite Size Technology, where we'll help educate and hopefully entertain you on all things IT. Hello everybody, welcome to uh, another of the Bite Size podcast series. Uh, today I've got David Higgins from CyberArk uh, and Taj, ah Taj, I should have checked first how to pronounce your surname. Is it is it a, a, a ya or a ja? It's a jar. There yeah. we go. And Taj from uh, Tenable. And um, good news, everybody. For those who have been listening to our bite-sized podcast, I'm not going to talk about Zero Trust today. We're going to talk about something different, hopefully something a little bit more interesting. Um, and this one in particular for me, because this is a challenge as the CTO of Bytes that, that I have um, at the moment, which is just trying to respond business agility uh, and respond to the speed things are happening out there. I'm sure those of you that are in senior positions with businesses have... You know, the same challenges we do as Bytes in the, the, the world is changing fast, but also uh, the, the employee marketplace, the, the, the workplace is changing quickly. Um, we're almost finding week by week what people we're interviewing for roles are expecting in terms of flexible working, agility, this number of days a week, that number of days a week, the tools that other people are offering them from a, from a working point of view. It just, it's nuts how quickly it's evolving. And it really posed the question for me of how do we get ahead of security in this situation? And this one's quite interesting. So I was just saying to the guys that, uh, in our prep call just before this, and I'm as interested in this as, as hopefully our, our listeners to this are, because I don't know all the answers to this. Um, you know, how do we start to bake in some security so that people, managers, when they're interviewing, get a little bit of a sense of freedom going, yeah, 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 we can do that. We can do that. We can do that. That's not a problem without stitching us up completely as a business, which happens to me all the time. You know, I get emails through from HR going, oh, just so you know, so-and-so has agreed that somebody can do this. And I'm like, really? Um, you know, at the moment, even with, with home working um, becoming the norm and people having uh, intrinsically huge amounts more data on their laptops, some of the challenges we're facing at the moment, I mean, this is not to do with this podcast, but even just this is the kind of random thing, is that you have countries that are on lists that, have the the legal authority to demand to keep your laptop or your phone when you enter into the country right and legally can demand you to unlock it as you as you go through border control right well if you've got all your corporate data on there that poses an insecurity so even things like getting our staff used to telling us when they're leaving the country and where they're going if they're taking a corporate device with them so we can tell them if they can take that corporate device and if they can work safely or not you know, the, the world is just mad at the moment because there's so much more data on those those devices. So, you know, it, it's just an example for me of how things have changed over the last two to three years. So I don't know, uh, Taj and David, Taj, you first, if it's just if you guys just want to do a quick introduction to yourselves first, and then we kind of just jump straight into it in terms of that. How do we bake security in so that we can be as agile as we want? So Taj, after you. Yeah, no, um, good to meet you all. My name's Taj, so I'm one of the uh, territory managers at Tenable, um, and I'm responsible for looking over predominantly uh, the central government side of things. So, yeah, that, that's me. Thank you. And David? Yeah, hi, David Higgins, Senior Director, Field Technology Office here at Cybrock. Been with the company for, for just over 12 years now. Fantastic. So... Taj, I don't know if we want to start with you on this one. If, you know, if, if somebody comes to you and poses that question, it's like, I, I just need that, that little bit of a security blanket to know that if people are fundamentally at that point, if people are doing things in a hurry and being reactive, what can Tenable do to, to help us be, to, to underpin that and secure that? Where, where would you go with that? Yeah, so it's, it's an interesting one, right? Because I think over the last 
couple of years, I think the official statistic was last year, I think that 42 or 45% of organizations moved, you know, uh, business critical functions to the cloud. Um, and, you know, COVID and, and what's really happened has really driven uh, rapidly the, the, the kind of drive to digital transformation. And what that's done really is massively expanded out and morphed the, the, the attack surface because, you know, um, as, you know, um, things are expedited in terms of, of you know, uh, digital transformation, you know, it's not just your traditional IT assets. You've got to consider from a security perspective, you know, you've got to consider uh, vulnerabilities in your cloud, in your in your OT environments, in your AD environment. Um, you've got to look at your remote workforce. I mean, especially that one over the last two years with, everybody working from home, you know, it's, it's, you've got to have the visibility across really all of your remote workforce and, you know, here in Tenable. So we offer uh, customers the option of installing lightweight, low footprint agents um, locally on assets. So your laptops for, for home workers, for example. Um, so you need to really have that visibility because, you know, as I said, the attack surface has completely morphed into a, a much bigger and wider thing. And then really it's, once you've got that visibility, you know, it's 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 all about prioritization because uh, last year I think there was twenty two thousand uh, disclosed vulnerabilities, or just under twenty two thousand. Uh, but actually, when we look at the numbers, only three percent of those um, actually have an exploit attack. Uh, attached that's actively being exploited, if you like. So it's the ability to, to have the visit, that visibility and have that uh, ability to prioritize that crucial 3%. Um, and, and really that's what we do uh, here at Tenable is provide um, that level of uh, security. So, you know, it, it, regardless of how quickly, um, uh, you know, you need to move as a business or an organization, you have um, that security background, you have that visibility and you have that ability to prioritize. So one of the things, you know, case in point was, uh, I guess, WannaCry, right, with what happened to the NHS a couple of years ago, it was all around their inability to, to I guess, visualize the, the, the attack surface and prioritize because that was around, I think, a Microsoft vulnerability that was disclosed in, in March and it was exploited in May. So you know, it's crucial um, as we kind of go on to this expedited drive to um, digital transformation to have, you know, that visibility, that prioritization and actually be re uh, reactive um, as opposed to, to, to be proactive. So, yeah, just I guess those are some of the kind of key points that come to my head. But when you when you ask that question. And one thing that, that kind of really chimed with me in terms of what you said or just pricked up my ears with interest talk to me about the endpoint piece a little bit Taj in terms of you know the the benefits that brings because I think people are probably very familiar with Tenable from a point of view of Nessus and what Nessus does if nothing else right but Tenable's so much more than that now so just tell me about that endpoint agent piece a little bit and what what that can bring to the party yeah so I think mean, th this is a huge thing we've seen we, you know we've seen um I guess over the last two years uh, a lot of a lot of our traditional Nessus customers uh, really upgrade into into the tenable piece and really having a robust enterprise level solution uh, because you know if all of your remote workers are maybe using laptops or on endpoints you know we have you know our tenable customers have the option as I said earlier to install a, a lightweight agent so you know um, you know that that's there to supplement net, network based scans so you can use these agents to 
collect vulnerability, compliance, uh, system information, and really report that back um, uh, as a continual monitoring uh, security program um, as, as part of the analysis. So, yeah, I mean, for, for a lot of customers that may only think of us as Ness, as it's, you know, I, I would say we've really extended our capability in, in you know, uh, not only um, tra traditional network devices, so not only um, whether it be on your, you know, router servers, uh, laptops, etc., but really extend that, extending that out and really looking at vulnerabilities and misconfigurations, whether it be um, in your Active Directory environment um, or whether it be in your OT environment or whether it be in your cloud environment. So it's really providing a really, I guess, an end-to-end -end view of you know vulnerabilities, misconfigurations um, across your your entire attack surface, and that's really what we're um, what we've I, I guess um, you know matured into. Um, so yeah, hopefully that covers covers your question. It it does, and I think the other thing that people don't appreciate, maybe um, for want of a better description, is that these these um, threats, you know, malware that might end up on your network, are incredibly sophisticated but very narrow in their focus. So you will, you will get a piece of malware, going back to, to what you said happened to the NHS when, when um, WannaCry happened, when WannaCry happened, right? That was a very narrow focus piece of malware. It was looking for one specific vulnerability, but it was ruthless in how it found it, right? And I think a lot of people almost think with their network that if there's something that doesn't get patched immediately, it gets patched in a couple of weeks, it will be all right, or it will be all right, or it won't cause a problem. And the reality of it is, if you're unlucky enough to have a piece of malware hit your network that is capable of exploiting a vulnerability that you haven't patched, it will do it with ruthless efficiency, won't it? Because yeah. it's literally, unlike us as human beings that are designed to do a million different things, let's face it, all fairly averagely, it's only elite sportsmen and people like that in, in, in the human race who ever are really good at one thing, right? As human beings, we're very good at being very average at lots of things all the time. Malware is ruthless, isn't it? I mean, it's brilliant at one thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we, we did some research into this actually and that we found even to this day on any given year um, out of the, so last year, I think there was just under 22,000 disclosed vulnerabilities, which by the way, I think is just under a 250% increase from four or five years ago. But uh, the, the point being on any given year, I think it's 50% um, of uh, the the you know the the uh, vulnerabilities that attackers use to target organisations are actually more than a year old, yeah. um, and sixty percent of that that fifty percent were actually known to the organisation that they had yet to patch. So it's it's you know it's it's the basics, but it really is it's the fundamental de denominator that we see year on year. Yeah. Okay. And. And David, kind of passing over to you here, I mean, I say, you know, humans are very average at lots of things um, and occasionally very good at something, but something they do seem to be very good at is giving away corporate credentials and inviting malware like a revolving door onto the network, right? It does seem to be something we are singularly good at in a corporate environment. So, you know, Taj has given us a feel for that visibility piece, but but what about the, the identity and, and the privileged access piece and all that kind of stuff? What can we do to, to what can CyberArk do to help with this challenge? Yeah, you're right. You know, I think one of the things we talk about with, with threats, vulnerabilities, right? What's the importance of user education? Right? And, and, and it's huge, hugely important. But to your point, we always have to kind of take a step of, well, let's assume someone's going to click the wrong link, open the wrong attachment. They, you know, even, even the most savvy IT individual 
is going to fall victim at some point. And that's that's the whole purpose of social engineering and, and these phishing campaigns, right? It's to exploit human nature, to make us do something in a situation that we typically wouldn't do if we kind of got all the context of that situation. All these emails, all these they're always kind of laden with a bit of panic, a bit of urgency. You need to do this right now because someone's run off with your credit card, right? And they're about to spend a thousand pounds on Amazon, something along those lines, right? Um, so all this, what I'm trying to allude to is, you know, we have to kind of take that expectation of a soon breach. Someone is going to click the wrong link. Someone's going to open the wrong attachment. That's what human beings do. Arguably, one of the biggest vulnerabilities in our environment is a human being and an internet connection because they're going to open that door and let the attack is in. And so if we kind of take that mindset of that's the initial intrusion point and then bringing identity and privilege into this mix, one of the big objectives is going to be, well, how do we stop what happens next? Right. We know that's the intrusion point and we've got to kind of presume it's going to happen. So how do we stop the attackers moving from that initial intrusion point, isolate the breach, isolate it and prevent lateral movement? And, and whether you're being targeted by cyber criminals, whether you're being targeted by malware, ransomware, et cetera, or whether the nation state is what kind of keeps you up at night, they'll all have different ways and means they find their way into an organization. And they'll have different uh, execution of objective uh, terrible English there, but they all have different objectives that they want to execute upon. Where identity and privilege comes into the mix is that bit between the start and the end, which is they're going to look for credentials and they're going to look to entitlements to harvest and leverage to move deeper and wider in the organization. So we kind of have to start looking at, and to your point, you know, the, the world's moved very quickly and what's happened in the last two to three years. You know, here at CyberUp, we talk about the security debt that kind of emerges as businesses run faster than security, how can we make sure the right things are being embedded? And you know, things like the principle of least privilege, certainly from an administrative point of view, has to be top of the agenda, right? Let's make sure we were talking about the endpoint nevotage. Let's make sure people aren't running with admin rights on their workstation. Why? Because when they click and open the wrong attachment, it executes with administrative rights. And it doesn't really matter how great your monitoring and detection techniques are on that endpoint. Once you give an attacker admin rights, you're in a pretty dangerous position, right? There's a lot they can uh, they can shut down. There's a lot they can circumvent. So one of the things we talk about there on the external side is, well, just, just make sure no one's running with admin rights. Put credit control around what users are able to do on their own workstations. And then start putting the right hygiene in place when we talk about the more high-risk, high-targeted accounts that will exist outside of that workstation, right? Your, your global admins in Azure, right? Your domain admins in Active Directory, your root accounts in Linux. Bring those under better hygiene because it's amazing. So many organizations we speak to put really good hygiene around individual Active Directory accounts. Hey, you've got to change your account, your password every 60, 90 days. My account, if it's compromised, well, it's going to get someone access into Salesforce. It's going to get someone access to success factors. They could ruin my holiday plans, right, and cancel my holiday. But they don't put those good hygiene around the most privileged and administrative accounts in their environment, which are actually the ones the attackers go after. And if you talk about ransomware, we talk about what happened you know, things like WannaCry, it has credential harvesting tools built in it to go after admin accounts. Why? Because once they're compromised, the attackers aren't able just to move to one asset. They're able to move to multiple assets and they'll do that with admin rights. And then the problem just kind of exacerbates as, as that moves forward. And I think, it's, as you say, it's an interesting point. I mean, you know, I talked about that multitasking piece, but you know, they, these, these, this malware goes, goes hard right after one or two things, it exploits a vulnerability. But as you say, the one thing they always want is, is, is admin creds, right? I mean, that's what they want. Because once they've got the keys to the kingdom somewhere, um, 
and I don't, I, and, and again, I think people do know this on an intellectual level, but even if malware is sat on an end user machine, and even if malware is sat there without, um, you know, they've done all the hygiene pieces on the laptop. So you've got an end user, they don't have admin access, but they've managed to pick up a piece of malware. All it takes is a member of IT to jump on to add a printer remotely, install a piece of software remotely to put those admin creds in, right? Yeah. And that's it. They've now got admin credentials. Because the other thing is they're patient. And I think going back to you, Taj, that, that's the really important thing about that continuous assessment and that continuous watching, isn't it? Because just because a vulnerability has, you know, a vulnerability that came out a year ago, six months ago, three months ago, you know, it, they're, they're patient. They wait for that piece of data to arrive, don't they? And I think that's the thing we really see, uh, that dwell time and then uh, somebody logging in as an admin three months, six months later. And then that, the problems start, don't they? Um, so it's just trying to think about the 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 the, the uh, you know the the messaging here for people. You know, what's the one thing, David, from your point of view? What's the well, you know, because we do get the question right, and I, I, I'll I'll deal with the elephant in the room. You know, Microsoft include a lot of identity stuff now within their stack, right? Yeah. Pitch it for me. Why why <laughs> CyberArk and not Microsoft a little bit? They're yeah, not on this so, podcast. We can say that it's allowed. <laughs> so, so firstly, to call it out in the room, right? We integrate. We 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 partner with Microsoft, but you know, to still get from the cyber perspective. And look, I don't want to upset anyone at Microsoft, but the world is bigger than Microsoft, right? Yeah, you know, everyone uses lots of different technology and different capability. Yeah. So, so what we look at, and it's a big challenge for CISOs these days, is is how do you ensure consistency of controls across what is a continually evolving and growing stack, right? Yes. We may be heavily invested into Azure Active Directory and Azure for infrastructure as a service, but the team over here, they want to use data lakes and now they've just have opened up a project with GCP and, and, and we've got teams using AWS and so on and so forth. And, and we still have a very large on-premise estate because we're a, a telco, whoever it is, right? So, so when you look at certain technology in certain kind of lenses, it's like, oh, great, you know, the, the Azure a PIM tech as an example, that's going to work great for that particular use case. But when you step back, and look at everything in your environment, how do you ensure that consistency of controls? And that's something we really, really target at CyberUp is how can I make sure that an administrator, as an example, who wants to go to GCP or AWS or Azure or the on-premise estate can do that in a consistent way. And then also to your point before, in the hybrid working environment, right? How can we make sure that the user has a consistent way of getting, again, using privileged access as an example, privileged access if they're sat at home, if they're sat in a cafe, if they're sat in the office, what we don't want them to have to remember is, oh, okay, so now I'm here. So I've got to, got to fire up a VPN and go through an MFA workflow that way. And then I can make a privileged access. Do you know what I mean? If we overcomplicate the user workflow, they push back. And, and user experience has always been important, but I think it's even more important these days. And so as an example, um, late last year, we released a new piece of technology specifically in the PAM space called Dynamic Privileged Access. And what it's all about doing is, is trying to help security deliver consistency of control, regardless of where a user's going, whether it's a Windows device, Linux device, an AWS or Azure, et cetera. Deliver it in line with modern expectations when we look at kind of threats. So let's, let's deliver privilege in a just-in-time ephemeral type approach. So we're delivering privileged access on the fly and revoking it afterwards. So we reduce the attack surface and we, we provide less privileged accounts and less privileged access for an attacker to go after. But user experience, it's the same whether they're at home, on the move, in the office, 
we just give them an internet connection and an RDP or SSH client, and they can request the privilege session. Now, of course, there's approval, multi-factor, and all that fun stuff that you expect. But I think it's a good example of how we've seen user expectation change in line with hybrid working environments, and how also, you know, to your question, we're looking to do consistency of controls regardless what it is that you're connecting yeah. to, right? And I think you you call it, you know, obviously Bytes are a massive Microsoft partner, right? So I sit here and say, oh, not Microsoft, but you know, Azure AD and Active Directory is the infrastructure that underpins most organizations. You know, Microsoft is the dominant force in in this space, not G Suite and, and not any of the others. You know, Microsoft is absolutely the dominant force in this. So it's it's an integral part of the workload. And a lot of the stuff you just talked about, it simply can't do, right? Which is why you need the the two or Taj, more importantly, coming over to you, the three. So again, you know, from that point of view of the add-ons, you know, yes, we get we get tools in the Microsoft stack. And the reason I'm focusing on this a little bit is we get a lot of businesses go, but I've got all of that, but we need both, right? And it, it's the layering on top of it, particularly with this kind of flexible word and stay ahead of it. So what are the key things you for, for you, Taj, that we're bringing with the Tenable solution on top of, you know, the, the Defender ATP stack and the visibility that that brings for, for endpoint, et cetera? Yeah, so it's an interesting one because we, we had this quite a bit in terms of the kind of overlap you think with, with Microsoft. I mean, in a, in a nutshell, I mean, you know, Tenable supports a, a vastly broader range of assets um, and environments such as cloud, web apps, you know, IoT, OT, uh, contain, containers. So it's not just Windows, Macs and, and, and Linux. So, you know, we've got by far the industry's greatest vulnerability um, assessment coverage. I think it's over 59,000, I think it is, uh, CVEs and, and to Microsoft and any of the other tools you know don't remotely really come close to that level of cve coverage and, and from a security point of view you know that's crucial um, and, and that's really going to make all the difference in the world where if it, you know the difference between um uh, being attacked and and preventing an attack um so i you know i think that that point is is really crucial around the the kind of uh, the coverage um and you know in just looking at it broader as well so as i mentioned you know we're, we're extending vulnerability management um really for, um, beyond just your traditional network devices, it's going into Active Directory and, and a number of other things. And I know it was alluded to on you know earlier on this podcast that um, you know the identity piece. And and again, we you know we actually on that piece we we actually fit quite you know as a as a complementary fit into into Microsoft. Where you know for, from a Microsoft perspective, I think they're very good at letting you know um, from an identity piece in, in the AD uh, and an attack as it's happening uh but from a tenable point of view it's giving you that proactive um level of visibility to actually help defend you from an attack um so it really goes hand in hand with, with, with microsoft and i think that's probably the, the kind of key point i i would sort of end on it's it's um you know it's it's a good complementary um solution with microsoft cool all right no thank you for that so guys, we're, we're pretty much about time on that one. I hope people who've been listening have found that useful. Thank you very much, both of you. Thank you for making the time for it. And everybody's pretty pretty maxed and pretty stretched at the moment. So uh, uh, thank you very much for making the time today. And um, though for those of you listening, we'll see you all soon. Thanks for listening to Bite Size Technology. Please do watch out for our next session coming soon.